0: Hello and welcome to the City View podcast. This is Charlie Conchi, investment reporter in Fort Andy Sylvester today, while he is out scouring the city for stories, shall we say. We'll be chatting with Jack Barnett, City AM's economics reporter, shortly to look ahead to the Fed's interest rate decision coming later today. We'll be looking at another rather embarrassing day for the London Metal Exchange and reflecting on what has been a slightly more positive day for markets as a glimmer of hope emerges for peace talks between Russia and Ukraine. But for some of the headlines in City AM and beyond today, drinks make a fever tree, and the owner of Wagamama and Frankie and Benny restaurant chains have warned of major cost increases as the price of commodity and energy soars and those Ukraine tensions do continue to batter British businesses hsbc has announced a push into the metaverse and that comes just one day after it announced it would shut 69 physical bank branches across the country hsbc's chief marketing officer said the metaverse was how people will experience the next generation of the internet bmw meanwhile slashed its profit margins as war in ukraine ramps up cost across its supply chain the carmaker said margins would dip from between eight and ten percent to between seven and nine percent this year the UK is set to ban the export of luxury goods to Russia including designer handbags and works of art as government continues to sever ties following the invasion of Ukraine. That came, as the Chancellor said on Tuesday, he would be slapping new import tariffs on Russian goods as well. And insurers and aircraft leases have been a bit rattled by a Kremlin plan to seize control of foreign planes, which experts have said could potentially cost them double-digit billions. US fintech firm SS&C has completed a £1.24 billion acquisition of British tech firm Blue Prism, which marks, of course, another big tech departure from the London market. And the gym group's revenues have rocketed a third in the past year, although it does continue to swallow some of the pandemic era losses it suffered in 2020 and 2021. The low cost gym chain enjoyed a revenue boost to £106 million from £80.5 million last year after pandemic restrictions were loosened. Uh, so Jack, a slightly more positive day on the markets today after some hope in Ukraine.
1: Yeah, so you've basically got pretty much everyone across the board um, rising um, in London and in Europe. Um, so the FTSE 100 is up about 1.5%, 250, uh, nearly 3%. The DAX, which is the Germans, uh, Germany's equivalent of the FTSE, um, up nearly 4%. Um, so pretty a pretty good day after what has been a pretty volatile um, couple of weeks or so um, I think the main driver you've obviously got two things here of, um, there has been reports of potential breakthrough uh, in peace talks between Russia and Ukraine apparently they are uh, drawing up a plan to end the war um, and I think you've got some spillover effects from um, the rebound uh, in Asian shares now the main driver over there is that a lot of people were concerned that regulators in Beijing would crack down on some of the tech companies over there and the education companies and um, there was quite a there was quite a punchy um, announcement about Tencent, which is obviously the big Chinese um, technology firm, facing a, a huge an, anti uh, main laundering fine. Um, now, Beijing have kind of rolled back on that. They were saying yesterday that local governments should be implementing um, market-supporting policies, which has really sent shares over there skyrocketing. The Hang Seng, which is uh, Hong Kong's equivalent of the FTSE, is up. Uh, nearly 10% in overnight trading. So, yeah, pretty good pretty good day on the markets. Um, but again, you know, over the next couple of days or so, they're going to be highly responsive to whatever happens in the east, um, I think, and at the moment, you know, obviously we do have a glimmer of hope, but nothing is confirmed yet. So I think investors will probably
0: wait for some confirmation on that. So on top of that, we've got a, a big decision coming later today as well with the, uh, the Fed making its interest rate decision. What can we sort of expect there and how might markets react?
1: So I think you can pretty much guarantee that the Fed will, will hike rates for the first time since 2018, uh, first time since since the pandemic as well. Um, most people have got them raising rates 25 basis points. Um, some people are penciling in a 50 basis point rate hike, but that seems pretty unlikely given um, the high level of uncertainty about the economic fallout from, from the war um, in the East. I think just a couple of things to... So, note on that is that what might be quite interesting is that um, Fed Chair Jerome Powell um, at his press conference might give a bit more information in terms of how the Fed uh, the Fed is um, planning to um, reduce its balance sheet because uh, since since COVID obviously came along, they launched an enormous bond buying program to support the economy, and the balance sheet has just swelled to disproportionate levels. I think you know it's running into the into the um, the trillions now. So, I think markets will definitely be looking for signs of how they're anticipating. Um, just running some of those bonds on off their balance sheet, which will have impact for um, the bond market. It'll probably send rates higher, but you know at the same time, the Fed is also hiking rates, so actually could be quite a good thing for them to do.
0: So when we look at the effect on commodity markets as mm. well, commodity prices have cooled slightly in the last few days. Um, oil prices have dipped below 100. Gold and silver, which have been kind of soaring um, in recent weeks, have fallen as well, and wheat has also settled. How are we expecting sort of uh, interest rate decisions to impact that? And, and can we expect those kind of settled commodity prices to continue?
1: Yeah, so I think I mean, you're right to say that um, obviously commodity prices are coming back off being extremely frothy over the last week or so, um, mainly driven by just concerns over supplies um, as a result of the war. Um, I think there's there's quite a sort of knotty economics point uh, to make here as there usually is. Is that so when when interest rates rise, so when you've got um, you know you've got high yielding um, bonds um, across the board. It makes those assets relatively more attractive than it would be for, say, if you wanted to buy a barrel of oil or you wanted to buy some gold or something like that. So you'll get an element of people moving out of um, commodities and going into fixed income assets, so buying U.S. treasuries. Um, UK guilt and stuff like that because they'll just offer a greater return and they're less risky as well. Um, I think the other point is that there has been a bit of a pullback um, particularly in the oil market um, because people were quite concerned about lockdowns in China um, re-emerging after there was quite a heavy spike of cases um, of COVID over there potentially hitting demand for commodities like China is an enormous consumer of commodities. It hoovers up everything from oil to coal, uh, nickel, copper. You know, you name it, they they will buy it um, because they're such a, an industrial economy. So if they're you know heading back into lockdown, economic t- activity is going to be hit. There's going to be quite a large portion of demand sucked out the market, and that will probably weigh on commodity prices. But um, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks or so, that could be. Um, completely reversed if there is even more concerns about um supply from um the war so it's a tough one to judge i don't i think the one thing you can probably say is that commodity markets are going to continue to be volatile over the next couple of months
0: and speaking of uh volatile commodity markets it's been another pretty humiliating day for london metal exchange uh with nickel trading suspended almost immediately after opening this morning can you Take us through the sort of last week and the, the saga of nickel trading so far.
1: Yeah, there was quite an interesting. Um, I saw uh, someone on the weekend compare the nickel market to, I think, something in the lines of a Marxist intervention or something <laughs> like that, which I imagine there's probably quite a lot of people over the road from our offices would probably be making the same comparison. <laughs> um, so, you know, what essentially happened here is that nickel, like other commodities, um, since the war um, broke out, Uh, Commodity prices surged because Russia and Ukraine are enormous producers of commodities, one of which is nickel. Um, That sent prices for nickel um, a lot higher. Um, And then uh, what initially emerged then is that they realised that there was a Chinese investor who had taken an enormous um, short bet on nickel and once the price started increasing was set to book quite severe losses. Now, for, um, for some reason... The, um, the LME decided to, to freeze trading of nickel because of the price hike. But I think most people have interpreted that as actually shielding, or giving this Chinese investor um, some time to, to reduce some of the losses. Um, I know some of the, the there's some new um, regulation being put in place to actually um, control the nickel market over here. I think they're saying that um, trading could potentially be suspended in the future um, if nickel prices drop or rise by five percent or so. So you know i think it's it's a it's an instance where the regulator is going to get more involved in what is
0: quite quite a volatile market and then looking ahead we discussed obviously the the fed's interest rate decision um looking ahead now to the bank of england's interest rate decision which is due tomorrow what's the kind of read there what can we expect
1: A similar thing from the Fed. So again, most people were expecting a 25 basis point increase. I don't think anyone's expecting a 50 basis point increase, despite the fact that nearly half, um, well, nearly majority of the MPC at the last meeting voted for uh, a 50 basis point increase. Hi. Um we were actually speaking to a former rate setter um one Andrew Sentence recently uh giving his thoughts about the bank's performance over the course of the pandemic and um Governor Andrew Bailey's performance who uh, today is marking his um second year as head of the bank which incidentally is also um the his predecessor's birthday is also today Mark Carney um which is a very very odd coincidence. Uh, he was saying that you know he thinks that the bank and particularly Bailey have been rather inconsistent with their messaging and you know, going forward they need to get their communication strategy um more consistent and getting markets prepared for a gradual increase in interest rates. And I think tomorrow, you know, most given the fact that most people were expecting another another rate hike, um, them doing that and delivery on those expectations would go a long way to getting that com strategy back on
0: track. And will you be heading down to the bank tomorrow for the decision?
1: Not tomorrow, not tomorrow. There is no press conference tomorrow, uh, annoyingly, so no chance to to ask Mr. Bailey how he thinks he's done
0: over the last two years. And I would be be interested to get his thoughts on that. (laughs) Thank you very much, Jack. That is it from the City AM newsroom for today. Join us again tomorrow when Andy will be back on the mic.